pleasant evening to you guys. Welcome back to Hair After Him podcast. I hope you had a great week and um, you're ready for today's episode. Today with me is Leanne. Hi, Leanne. Hi, Audrey. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. Um, I'm glad to have you on the show and I hope you're ready. I, I am as best as I can be. Ah, great. Uh, so if you could just start by telling the listeners um, who you are so that they can just know a bit about you, anything you want them to know. Well, I am Leanne. I'm Zimbabwean. I've lived here my whole life. I'm a 42-year-old single mother of three. And in job, sorry, mm-hmm. and in job, I, I do a morning's job um, with Flash Meat, which is trading essential cash butchery. I am a property consultant with House of Stone Properties. I have a company facilitating consultants in Zimbabwe that helps people with any form of problems. I'm developing an app. And I do uh, counseling when required, and I've taught English. How's that in the last two years? Oh, wow. You're developing an app. Yes, I am. That, that, that's for another time because it's, it's <laughs> excellent. I'm very excited. I'm very excited. But that really got my attention. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's, it's, it's going to help. It's going to change the way we do business in Zimbabwe. I'm quite excited about it. Been working on it for a few years, and God okay. willing, God willing, will be launching in a few months. Oh, all right. So we'll wait. You're gonna wait. You definitely. <laughs> and when, and then when it launches, I'm gonna send you links, and then we'll be back here again. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's fine then. Um. All right. I think we know basically who you are. Oh well, you can tell us. Something else, anything unique about you, something crazy, I don't know, anything that you... Mm-hmm. I'm a very happy person. I actually oh. go around smiling a lot and people often think I'm on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Why? It's okay to be happy. I'm exactly like that. <laughs> yeah, I know, but people genuinely really think I'm on drugs a lot of the time. But anyway... Um, I had people ask me for, sorry, excuse me, but it's true. But for a few years, um, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, what are you on and can I have some? And, and I used to joke around and say, you know, you'd have to take some of my blood. And oh my God. In 2012, I actually realized, no, I'm actually gifted with joy and my joy comes from God. So I changed my answer instead of being, you know, so callous, I was more actually I'm blessed and I'm blessed with joy. So there you have it. Mm, and I, I also believe that's a true gift, you know. It's actually rare, but people don't realize. Mm. And one of the, the other craziest things about me is that I've actually gone through a lot of difficulties. And people don't know it because I'm walking around normally bubbly and happy. Yeah, you walk around with your big smile. Exactly. Oh, okay. So you are, what can you say? You're probably a pro at hiding pain. No, definitely not. not. It's not a mask. 
And it's mm-hmm. not hidden. It's down to it. You it can't, is. yeah, you can walk around and be as fake as you like, but true, true happiness is not in the smile. It's in the eyes and in the soul. Okay. Interesting. Yes. All right. So, yeah. So, um, could you please share your story um, on loss? The kind of loss that you've experienced in your life and um, how you dealt with it? Sorry, one second. I am very, very sorry. That's okay. I'm sorry, my son has, has decided to, to come in and I asked my daughter to just help me, but you know what it's like, children don't always listen, so I'm kicking them out the room. It's okay, we totally okay. understand. Panda out. Come. There we go, sorry. My apologies, I should have known. I should have actually <laughs> Lift the house. I'm sure the listeners have kids and they totally understand what just happened. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I stayed very calm because I didn't talk much. (laughs) Otherwise, the listeners might have heard some some shouting. (laughs) Well, I didn't hear anything you said, so I can assure you no one heard anything. And thank goodness there was no cameras to see my facial expression. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Okay. Okay. What was, what was the question? <laughs> okay. Going back. Uh, the question was, um, tell us about the loss that you have experienced. You can tell us a bit about your life before the loss and then... Um, the loss itself, and then just uh, the immediate days after the loss. Okay, so basically I'm going to take you just before the loss. I'm not going to talk too much because, as I said, I've gone through a lot and it all becomes interesting, and then people want to jabber, and we're on obviously a time frame. So when I was 26, uh, 2004, I was pregnant, six months. I had flown to South Africa. They thought my child had a hole in her heart. I flew there and found out that she was fine. And I came back when I flew coming back, I got a blood clot and I almost died. I was put into ICU and I was literally, you know, they brought my little boy in um, to say goodbye. You know, they really thought I was going to die. And um, I wasn't allowed to leave the bed and they attached things to my chest and made that were actually, you know, it was hectic because it was, okay, the things I want to tell you would be laughing, but, you know, I'll tell you later. But, um, and my mom flew from South Africa to come and be with me. Four mm-hmm. months later, when my child was four months, oh, sorry, she was born. I was fine. She was two two weeks prim, tiny. And four months later, my sister went missing. And we didn't know where she was. So she went out. The last thing was like a, a message, four o'clock or three o'clock in the morning. I can't remember exactly. It was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And 
And my mom went was frantic. My my sister, you know, told us she lived with her in Cape Town and said, look, she didn't come home. So okay. she waited a few hours to tell us because she didn't want to alarm us and was, you know, worried that she would actually come home and then she'd caused panic. So she waited a while. Eventually when she did say my mom and um got on a flight to Cape Town, went looking for her. It was horrific. My mom was worried that she'd been kidnapped. She had gotten hold of carte blanche. She was in the process of sending money. And the police finally found her. They had the hospital that we had actually contacted asking if they had a no name uh, had actually put her, if I remember correctly, under Brenda. And okay. the police sadly actually had her ID, but didn't tell the hospital. So they couldn't um, admit her under a no name. So they admitted her under Brenda and we phoned asking, you know, do you have a Jane Doe or whatever? And mm-hmm. they said no. So when she actually had passed away, the police told my mom and my mom went to go look at her with my sister. And we had found out obviously that she had passed and my sister was, it was just before her 21st birthday and she had just finished two years at um, college doing a hotel management course. And, you know, she was about to just embark on life, you know, so it was incredibly incredibly sad. And I don't know to sort of give you a picture if you've lost a child or anything for five minutes and that fear and that dread, when you can't find somebody for, it took us three days, it was horrific. So I, I, my heart goes out to those people that lose their children and, you know, don't find them and that it's the most awful mm-hmm. feeling anyway. Yeah, I can imagine, eh? So my, my mom That night, it was horrific. So I was with my other sister in Zimbabwe, and my other sister was with my mom and little sister and husband. And obviously, we got the phone call. Thank you know, I thank God that I was with my older sister, and we just cried. We just cried and cried. We were just screaming. I can feel a lot of emotion coming back in now. Actually, discussing it, it was. Horrific, and then, um, you know, they were trying to get, they were trying to get her on a flight, and I was, I had a little baby, and my partner at the time didn't want me to go, and it was horrific anyway. So, you know, we were all talking later, and obviously, you you, you cry so much to a numb state, and mm-hmm. it just doesn't even feel real. And then later that night, I was in bed with the baby and it had been a horrific few days. And my mom, you know, we'd been talking and my mom phoned and she said, I'm going to jump. And I was like, mom, you know, please, please don't do that. Please don't, please don't jump. And she was like, she was just telling me a few things and she was so upset and she was, obviously on tablets and um, probably had a drink or two mm-hmm. and was absolutely devastated. And I, I spoke to her for, you know, about half an hour or so. And then my partner 
at the time he he was trying to protect me and he took the phone away from me and was trying to talk to my mom. Didn't realize that my mom had actually told me already. Anyway, um, it was early hours of the morning and, you know, she, he put down the phone, he came and brought me the phone and I think I, I sort of fell asleep. I can't actually remember. And then my phone rang about 10 minutes later and my little sister phone screaming saying my mom she was only 11 saying that my mom had actually jumped off the balcony oh no um we lost the two and it was for us the same day but they had actually died you know a day apart but for us, it was a loss in the same 24 hours. And it was heartbreaking. It was an incredibly heartbreaking thing to go through. Mm -hmm. so, and then obviously, yeah, thank you. That's fine. Um, and then obviously on, you know, in Christian realm, in the Bible, they say if somebody kills themselves, they, you know, not going to go to heaven. And things like that. And it's very, very, very difficult. And then a lot of people say that somebody kills themselves is, is selfish. Oh, my gosh. I think I totally forgot to say that my sister who had gone missing was in a car accident. I totally missed the, quite a bit. Sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> anyway, so there we go. And it's um, sorry from tears to laughter in a minute. It's what <laughs> our, our family is used to. Like, you are allowed. <laughs> and a lot of people are like, how do you guys laugh and cry in the same minute? But anyway, um, <laughs> so, yeah, it was incredibly sad. And I straight afterwards was, I just remember falling onto my knees and praying for my mom's soul for, for biblical reasons. And I just remember trying to console my little sister and, she was so amazing. And my other little sister, you know, it was a little, little one. She was only 11 at the time. And then my other sister, who was 20. And they were amazing. And they had to deal with things that luckily I, I didn't have to see. I think that would have made it probably far worse. And, yeah, uh, and I just remember... I just remember obviously going into a state of shock and then, and I remember, you know, crying a lot at first and, you know, sort of disbelief. It's just like ridiculous. Like, and one of the things I remember is time, time stood still. And I remember sort of being a little angry at the world. Like, why, why are you all continuing? Like, how can you all go to work and go around and, still get dressed and carry on like nothing happened when my whole world had stopped. And that's how you felt. Mm. Yeah, that is, it's, it's quite a, it, it's, it's almost like time stands still or goes incredibly slow. And yet the world is still a buzz and you feel almost frozen in time. It's really quite a strange feeling actually. I agree. I agree. I totally agree with you. Yes. So that was my story for before and after. <laughs> okay. 
yeah you you actually managed to just um to take us through the before and after in uh, no I, I am so sorry that that was a very awful experience and uh, i don't know what i would have done if i was in that situation but um you are here you are talking about it that means you are very brave Mm, thank you, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't say brave, but thank you. I suppose anyone should take a compliment given. Um, yeah, well, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know how you can talk about it. And um, yeah, so to me, I think it's really brave of you. Thank you. You know what? Normally, I don't actually go deep into it. It's been a long, long time, but it was, you okay. know, interesting thinking of, you know, this doing this with you and and thinking about you know my answers and 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 you know like what I went through and it was it was quite interesting sort of going back into it I I wouldn't wish it upon my worst enemy um, exactly but I also know that you know loss is something that most people will inevitably have to deal with and other people's choices are their own and you know what somebody else does or something that happens to us doesn't define us you know and 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 life life continues which we saw you know when you go into that state you see how life continues even how unfair it is at that time also I had children which makes life a lot easier and especially a child, a little baby, because babies bring so much joy and toddlers. They're always so happy and loving and sweet yeah, and kind. They, they make you forget all the serious things. They make you forget all the, you know, all the stressful things, you know, for a moment. Well, they, yeah, <laughs> and they it, make you laugh. You know, they do naughty things or such loving things so innocently that I, you know, definitely, definitely say to anyone who's gone through loss, try and be around things, especially little children, you know, who who keep so close to, you know, how we're supposed to be biblically. They say we, we should stay like little children. They're so innocent and free. Yeah, true. I see that with my son, you know. He has helped me cope in so many situations, you know, so many times that I've been down and, you know, every time I just look at him, you know, I start feeling different. Also, it's I unconditional love. It's unconditional mm, exactly. love. Children, mm. children give you unconditional love and you look at them, you just feel that warmth. I remember the days that um, when I was still deep in my grief, the days when I would just, you know, start crying and then you'll be looking at me. And once his eyes meet my eyes, I'll just stop and I'll just think, oh, my gosh, no, I can't do this to this baby. You know, and you'll be looking at me so innocently like, mom, what's up? You know, you sure. can tell that he's asking you questions, but, you know, you just can't speak. So... I thank God for him. Oh, they are. Children are such a blessing. Such a blessing. Mm. So, Leanne, um, uh, tell us, how did you cope um, days after? When Did you get to be alone or were you always with your family? How was the process for you, you know, after the funerals? 
after you've buried your mom, you've buried your sister, now you go back to your life. How was it for you days after? You know what, to be very honest, um, mm-hmm. obviously I had um, I had my little boy at school and I had my little girl who had just been born. Mm-hmm. And I was in an abusive relationship. So I was busy dealing with the grief with that. And, you know, why I'm actually speaking about this openly, obviously, is because there could be people going through this and they need a bit of hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my, and I think this is also something that even a non-abusive man could do. My, my partner didn't want me to cry. So when I cried, he would say, don't cry. Don't cry in front of the kids. So it was denying me the ability to grieve. So what I learned to do is when I got in the car, I used to cry. And then what had happened is it became habit that the second I got in the car, I'd start crying. Mm. And the relief and, and, and the release, you know, crying is so, so important. It is, you know, your soul's way of crying, you know, crying out. It's crying. It's crying out to say I'm in pain and it's a release of the pain. Did he not want you to cry simply because of the kids or you also felt like that was the only way he could help you by asking you not to cry? I, I don't know what, how he sort of thought. He just said, you know, he said, you can't do that to the kids. The kids, you know, can't. You know, shouldn't have to see that. And you know what? I I disagree. I think that if if you are natural in front of your children and they ask you what it is, or a baby who can't actually speak, they can feel. I think on a spiritual plane, slightly differently to yes, us. And definitely. I think, and I think because they are, they're so close to you know, coming from God, mm. and and that they, they they understand, like often a little child, they'll just come and give you a hug. They don't always sort of want to know everything, and especially if you just say, I'm, I'm upset, you know, because so-and-so died. And children understand that loss factor, obviously depending on their age, you know. But my my son, he, he knew. Mm-hmm. He was old enough. He was seven, and he was crying himself. He, he loved he his mm. and his you know, so yeah, no, definitely. So I didn't, I wasn't able to to grieve so much at home. So I think my grieving process took a lot longer. And then, um, obviously, having baby and that you you you're busy, so you don't always, you can't just stop. You have to still breastfeed and do the bathing and changing and watching and and you know food and making what sure the babies are fed. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I, th- I would have loved to just get into bed and 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 just you know do nothing probably for a month. But it was impossible. Absolutely impossible. You can't with a newborn baby. You can't. And I actually think it was probably a good thing because I think that you know going into bed and totally you know staying there is probably a bit unhealthy. But I definitely think after the last of the first few days, it's a good thing to do. Because yeah, it is so but, brain and the body. Mm-hmm. But eventually you really need to keep busy. And um, yeah. also yeah. agree there. I remember when, when, when I lost my husband, I was home. I wasn't going to work. And then um, 
I decided to go back to work, I think, um, about two months later. Uh-huh. So the first two months after he died, those were bad. Like I used to just get into the room, close myself up and, you know, cry, 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 you know, make sure no one is seeing me. And then I cry some more. That that was my daily routine, you know. Then how did do? Sorry? I think that's healthy. I think it's healthy to cry and be sad because the only way to the other side is through. And a lot of people deny that pain and won't cry. And I feel that that is a lot more damaging. And then it takes years or sometimes they never really heal from it. Yeah, I get where you're coming from, but um, I know you're supposed to cry. You're supposed to feel, you know, and embrace all these feelings. But it's also good to get some distraction here and there, you know, so that um, you don't get to think about the loss like 100% of your time. Mm. Like for me, I decided to go back to work. And then no, um, I think, I think because continue. I was always at work now, then... Um, I didn't have to, or I didn't cry so much because, you know, half the time you're tied up at work and you don't have time to think about stuff. Then you'd only start thinking about you when you get home, you know, then you get in touch with your feelings. 100% agree with you. Life continues. You can't run away from life. And Mm -hmm. I do understand what you're saying, that it is a distraction because you don't think of self. But there is also a point where a lot of people will distract themselves quite or too early on and not deal with it. And that's running away. And what, what you run away from will run after you. Yeah, true. That's when you get to hear those stories about people that started grieving probably a decade later or five years exactly. later. Yeah, exactly. I, I understand. Allow that process. And, yeah, I mean, even two months is actually a really good break. And I do understand this, the, the, well, the length of time of self-focus is, is, can be dangerous. But you've also got to remember you should have family and friends. I mean, I know there are some people that are incredibly lonely and don't have, you know, community mm-hmm. around them. But your family and your friends and children and that are supposed to keep you sort of watchful plus self we're supposed to be self-growing all the time and really knowing that life is not purely about self and that we're not here just to fulfill our own need you know that we want to be Mm -hmm. here to to spread joy and love and happiness and light true Uh, speaking of joy um i believe you had um low moments you know during your 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 grieving process how did you find joy in those moments you know what i learned long ago that when you dwell on negative or sad or bad things you can mm-hmm. you can actually sort of spiral down so i learned long ago that I can do it and I'm very good at it, but you can get to a place that's so deep that you can't climb out. So I learned to um, give myself time on it and to cry, but to cap it. 
And then mm-hmm. I would do things like I always say to people, regardless of grief and loss, that we all need to do things all the time that make us happy and whatever that is to do it. So I'm very social. So I love people, not to say that I had a lot of people around at that particular time in my life, but mm-hmm. I love comedy and sitcoms and, you know, bubble baths and, you know, to do things that uplift the soul. So I love food and chocolate. Chocolate's really good for, you know, really pudding. You know, like to do things that, that uplift your soul. So it's good to know yourself, to know mm-hmm. what you like and give yourself that and music. So if I felt down and I felt sad and I wanted to cry, I could go and sit and look at pictures of them. And, you know, I suppose, you know, in the beginning, you don't really need to to trigger yourself too much. The thoughts are enough. But if you can go and sit and, you know, you know, that sort of self-pitying, you know, how Mm -hmm. life is for me. And you can go and wallow and you can go and look at videos and watch movies of of, you know, personal videos and movies and photos and things that, you know, and songs that you love together. There's very, it's very easy to trigger yourself on the person that you love and, and you know, what you did with them and memories and et cetera. But then there's also, it's, it's just as easy to watch something fun and, and also as much as being sad on with the person, you know, your loss of the person, there's also a lot to be joyous about as well exactly. like, just the fact that you're alive no but not but even that talking mm-hmm. about that person like I had loads we had loads of funny movies and pictures of my mother and my sister and the fact that we were blessed I was blessed to have a mother till 26 not everybody has that and exactly. I have my sister some people don't even have a sister never mind a sister like my sister who was so funny and so Mm-hmm. full of life and and then exactly as you say there's so much to be grateful for you know you wake up and you know you've got your health and you know what one of the things they say to do if you're sad and to make yourself feel better is to do something for somebody else I've never tried that but I've read it somewhere yes it is very yeah. good and and journaling there's loads of different things some people like art and they'll create things. You can journal, mm-hmm. tell your story, share. Um, I, you can obviously diarize. I put a, I did a book, and I put a picture in one book of my mom and a, with me and a picture mm-hmm. in the other book with my, my sister, and I wrote to them. If I'm, and, mm-hmm. and, then, and then slowly you can see I, I, I stopped. You know, I haven't written in the book for years. And I said things that I wanted to say that I never said. I would say happy birthday on their birthdays. I would, you know, say, you know, because my sister was 21, we all said as, you know, family that we wanted to enjoy our life as much as we could because she didn't get to. You know, so there's mm-hmm. all those things, you know. Oh, well, you've actually given... Um... I'm sure if there's someone listening was wondering how to find joy in their low moments, you definitely gave a whole list of things that one should consider. Yes. Actually very practical. Yeah. 
and and family, friends, and then obviously um, church, and then counselors. And I did go to a psychologist eventually, and she was amazing for me. Okay. But not forever. So you must realize you go for help. If you're going for years, you're doing something wrong. I was actually going to say, so you recommend external resources during um, the grieving process. Everybody's different and everyone's, you know, needs different things. And if mm -hmm. somebody can go and paint a picture or go fishing or go and enjoy the beauty of what there is in the world or, you know, be fine in a child, a lot of my, my, um, external help with my, the psychologist was a lot to do with the abusive relationship I was in. Um, she mentioned that at a later stage. She actually said, you know, you hear more for that than you are for the grief. And I said, yes, I, I know. Um, but because it was just so much to take on with everything that was going on. But everybody's different. And there is nothing wrong. People think that it's a bad thing. There's nothing wrong with going and talking to somebody and getting help. But if that person becomes a crutch, they're not helping you and you're not helping yourself. It's supposed to help heal you and anything you do. And I would certainly say I do understand that people that drink, you know, could possibly have a bit too many. But certainly <laughs> don't go to alcohol because you could become an alcoholic in the sadness. And, and it's very easy to become one when you're going through stuff. Exactly. And tablets. Be very, very careful because you need sometimes sleeping tablets to sleep mm -hmm. because one can't sleep or for anxiety or for, you know, then sometimes people overtake on the sleeping tablets and they need some, you know, sort of tablets to feel a bit peppy. Be very careful mm -hmm. with tablets. I understand I don't, uh, you know, I understand people taking them, but again, not a crutch not for long periods of time, check it and make sure you don't get addicted because then you're now dealing with something else. That was my biggest fear. Um, I think once or twice, yeah, I don't think, yeah, I think just I, I did take some stress and uh, anxiety pills, but then I was so scared. I thought, oh my God, what if I become an addict? So I just told myself, you know what, you're just going to stop. You're going to feel whatever you're feeling and you're going to deal with it. That's how <laughs> I managed to just uh, stop. And um, that, the that's great. I was so worried. That's you know, great. I kept thinking about the after, you know. So, yeah. And that's kind of one can make a decision not to take them. I, I think that's that's the best way to go about it. It's better yeah, than, yeah. you know having to deal with an addiction now after. Exactly. Know. But I don't, I do understand people do need, needing to take stuff. I think, mm -hmm. yeah. um, I'm trying to think if I, I may have taken in the first, you know, few days, I don't really remember that much. I'm not big into tablets. Um, I just, it's just not my thing, but Makes I do not. Definitely don't judge anyone for doing it, but definitely mm -hmm. they check yourself. Definitely check yourself. I definitely could have taken the sleeping tablets here and there, but I can't imagine doing so with a baby because it's not my, you know, I, I was always worried and I my baby used to wake up through the night and sleep next to me and 
I'm one of those naughty moms, you know, because you wake up thinking that they're breathing, never mind. So I can't imagine me taking <laughs> when I had a baby. But you know, it's not the only losses we've gone through. It's not the only, you know, hard times I've gone through. So I've definitely taken a bit of an anxiety tablet here and there, and I've had a sleeping mm-hmm. tablet here and there. Not so much when 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 I lost them, but I very I you got to be very careful. It's very dangerous. And you know what? Everything in your speech really sounds like a counselor. <laughs> I'm telling you. Thank you. I'm telling you, the way you address things, the way you are thorough in your explanations, it's very easy to tell. <laughs> that um yeah that you talk to people all the time I do I do a lot of times people have said you know how come and I said you know I honestly think that my life's journey has been mm-hmm. so difficult at so many times um mm-hmm. because I was I said I believe I'm here to help people and you the best way to help people is actually to gone through it and then you actually understand um what it is that you you know they're going through and, and you know, as soon as like if you just say to somebody who's divorced or for somebody who's lost you know a loved one or a husband and and they've done it you automatically connect it is just this instantaneous connection because you you can feel the other person's feelings on a deep deep level and yeah, that makes sense and you can tell sort of a difference where some people will say they've gone through things just to try and try and connect, but you can sort of feel it and tell because how people can talk sort of going so deeply into it or, you know, share their stories. So I, I do believe that I've gone through so much just so that I could help people. And I love helping people. And it's, it's just, it, it makes me happy actually. And, um, the people that you've helped, have you seen results and positive results? Yes, definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have, I think personally that every single person can walk in on this earth and be a help to anyone and we can uplift anyone. I, mm-hmm. I, um, I post things on my status and, I was, I just do it for fun, you know, when I first started. Mm-hmm. Actually, when Status WhatsApp first came out, I thought, what a lot of rubbish. And Really? I didn't quite get it. And I was like, who's got time for this, you know? And I was, I was like, oh my gosh, just nothing. Another thing to soak up, you know, data and whatever, money and whatever. Anyway, negative and thoughts. you're like, I'm not even going to do it. <laughs> yes, I did. That's exactly what I said. And <laughs> it's so funny. Then a little bit later here and there, I posted, you know, my status and I post biblical things. I post a lot of jokes as well. And Yeah, that I've noticed. And, I've no- and it was incredible because I have had people come up to me and hug me. And thank me and say, you help me get through my day. And if I'm having a bad day, I will go look at your status. And it uplifts me. And I said, no, I, I, I'm a swore. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, really? <laughs> you lied. You lied. Oh, my God. You know it. 
I want to agree with you so much that I just feel like, you know what, I can't keep saying I agree, but you know what, that happens to me too. I'm all about memes on my my status. And you know what, so many people just at me and say, you know what, I never go to bed without checking your status because I know, you know, I'm going to get my dose of laughter there. So my contacts make it a point to just check on my status and, and see, you know. Amazing. And isn't it, it so nice? <laughs> and you know, I do I feel like a rock star sometimes. And you know <laughs> and, you, know, you get to be your own celebrity there. <laughs> I know my little own celebrity. And then you know sometimes you look at so many people check the statuses and you go, oh, what's happening today? And then you go, for goodness sake, I'm not gonna get caught up in that nonsense now. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite funny. That's addictive. I actually, I actually feel very good when someone just apps me and says, "Dude, today you didn't post anything. What's going on? <laughs> or oh, it's been two days now. You know, people expect oh. a lot of madness from my status, and when I don't, they actually notice it. So, I'm and like, it's lovely. Know, okay, I'm doing some good things for people here for their mental health. You know. Exactly. And, and when you did it, when you started, just like me, it was just throwing it out there. It was saying, well, if anyone reads us, you know, I hope to give them a bit of, you know, I'm spreading word. You know? I'm, I'm mm. spreading laughter. It's really funny. You know, I post, I try not to post too, too naughty stuff because I do have um, some younger people that on my, that check my status. So it's quite humorous. You're not about to corrupt anyone. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sure I corrupt people just when I talk. (laughs) I try not to. I try not to. But, you know, it's, you know what? It's a little bit of a balance of everything. If you're going to walk around Mm -hmm. like a Hail Mary, no one's going to, you know, people are going to feel like you're too good and you don't want to be too. Mm -hmm. I think it's a bit of a balance. And I think, you know, it's to, to be Christian. But I'm also I'm human, and and to be Christian exactly. doesn't that you can't laugh and joke and be a little naughty. Also, also I mean everyone sins. Hello, people must relate to you realistically. Like exactly, okay, this is not yeah. And and I I love that. So even just on that, just on statuses, that just having people that you would never expect, thank you, hug mm-hmm. you. It's, it's incredible. On a counseling level, when I have counseled people on a friendship mm-hmm. basis and whatever, I've had a lot of my friends. A lot of people say I should be doing counseling um, more full-time. But as I, I, I've actually previously said to you, I um, am not fully qualified. I've only done an intermediate course at the Christian Counseling Center. I didn't finish the advanced. But one thing that they did say to me is that I have, a natural ability to answer correctly. And I told them that's because, excuse me, I know it sounds so vain, but hello, that is a God-given talent. (laughs) And I'm happy for it. You know, it's purely God-given. And I just say, thank you, God. Perfect response. (laughs) I I love it. I love that. And I I am looking at finishing, but as you do know that I um, counsel the lady Mm -hmm. And she said it helped. And if I told you I I counseled her so differently to what they counsel, 
I don't know if I should be sharing this, but I just <laughs> I treated her totally differently and I was very casual and she she came out of her shell and she it, it helped her a lot. And one of the things I want to just say here with anyone who's dealing with grief, dealing with anyone who is dealing with grief, people mm-hmm. just know that whatever they're feeling is okay. So whatever they say they're feeling, you just say that's okay because we all grieve differently. We all think differently. We all have different perceptions. And it's, there is a general you know, consensus of, of a lot of similarities, but everyone is uniquely different. And it's nice to tell somebody that that's okay because like, we feel sort of almost alien. Do you remember that? Time stops and mm-hmm. you feel you feel that people don't understand you, don't get you, that they're continuing and you're just going through these rushes of different emotions and you just want to know that, that it, it's normal and it's okay and that, that you cared about. And I want to just say also for people to remember this, when there's the funeral and everything happens in the beginning, there's a whole lot of people and there's a lot mm-hmm. of hustle and bustle and you don't even have the chance to even think. And what everyone actually forgets is that everyone goes away. And then there's often this airy emptiness and that people, friends, and that don't, you know, they do need time to grieve on their own and whatever, but do keep checking, do keep phoning because you don't want to have too much of a nothing. Yeah, it's, it's very easy for you to feel so, so lonely. You do. You feel lonely. I mean, I had a whole house mm. full, and I felt very lonely. And imagine somebody that doesn't have a whole house full, and everyone goes away, and they don't have a lot of friends because not everyone's blessed with a lot of friends or with time. You know, not everyone has mm-hmm. time. So, <clears throat> you know, churches and and people and communities must remember those that are grieving, just to invite them along to different things or go visit or take a slice of cake or even just a flower, even just a phone call. You know what? As we even a status can cheer up, just a hey, how you doing? Can do exactly. a lot. Like, you don't have to say a lot of things, but just no. how are you doing? Yeah, mm-hmm. or I'm I'm here. Don't forget I'm here. Yeah, true. Whenever you want to talk, I'm here to listen. Yeah, because yeah, they used do to give space. me joy that came from a lot of my friends and family. And I used to feel like, oh, you know, these guys care. I exactly. used to feel a lot of love around me and it's really but helped me. It helps a lot because you go, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, look, look how, how loved we are. You know, like, mm-hmm. wow. You know, and it's just, I've said, you know, a lot tonight, excuse me, but um, <laughs> you do know because you've dealt with <laughs> loss. And so, you know. I know. <laughs> I definitely know. <laughs> oh my goodness. Do you, do you feel better now about saying you know? <laughs> you know I do. <laughs> well, that's why we're here to make you feel better. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. Because everything I generally do, I often try and remember myself, and that you can live unselfishly. But living unselfishly, you can almost be selfish in it, if that makes any sense. Because you can do things. Mm, no boy. 
I get joy from helping people. So even though I've been unselfish to help, I'm actually getting joy. Mm-hmm. So there's a selfish aspect in it. Oh, uh, okay. Like they I say, there's no, there's no, <laughs> there's no, you can't do a good deed without some sort of self-benefit. Oh, yeah, true. So in that sense, so it's, it is good just to remember self and do things that are good for self. It's okay to be a bit selfish when you when somebody's when you're grieving. It's, it's I think it's acceptable. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Leanne. No, 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 no. I'm not going to thank you yet. Um, I just remember. Do you have a cool quote to leave the listeners with? Anything that you want them to remember you with? Uh huh. A very, mm-hmm. very, very good friend of mine. A dear friend, years ago said to me, wherever you are, be. Mm-hmm. And that is something that I always tell people, wherever you are, be. So if you're happy, be happy. And if you're sad, be sad. Because people often when they're sad, they try to force themselves to be happy. And when, you know, they're happy and, and you know, they don't want to be sad and stuff. So just wherever you are, be. Because, you know, the only way to the end is through. I like that one. I think I'm going to start claiming it. It's all right. I, I don't mind sharing. <laughs> Whenever someone <laughs> asks me to say something cool, I'm definitely dropping that one. <laughs> no, it's lovely. I'm a, I'm very grateful. It one is. One gave it to me. I've used it thousands of times. It is, surely. Um, thank you so much, Leanne, for coming on the show. It was a pleasure having you and I learned a lot from you and I'm definitely sure that the listeners had a lot to learn from you. Well, I, I loved actually being here and thank you for asking me to come on. And I hope I have helped people. And if there's anyone who wants to know anything more, they're welcome to give you a shout and I'll, you know, you can always put them in comps. Yeah, well, I normally give my guests just a minute to, you know, market yourself. Do you have any social media handles, blogs, websites that you want people to follow? Uh, House of Stone Properties. For properties, (laughs) yes. Come and like us. And, and, you know, anyone wanting to style and buy property, come see me. But I'm on a counseling level, if anyone would love, you know, to see me. I actually would be quite happy if you want to put something out for your listeners to ask questions that I could actually Mm -hmm. answer privately or we could do this again or whatever, depending on, you know, what you asked. But I'm happy to help. All right. All right. Um, all right, I'll definitely remember that. And if anyone wants a property for free, should we contact you? <laughs> Let me get rich. <laughs> it's coming because I told you I'm going to send you that other thing that I wanted to, to learn. So, you know what? Definitely, you know what? Give me 10 years and I'll give you a property to give away. Because, I mean, I let you have a good time on my podcast. I mean, come on. Give the lady a house. <laughs> exactly. The worst griever gets a house. Easy. Anyway, thank you so much, Leah, and thank you for coming on the show. 
Oh, it's a pleasure, darling, and and have a a lovely day. And I I really you know enjoyed myself. So thank you too. You're welcome. Cheers, Liam. Bye, darling. Hey guys, um, that was Leanne, and I think you can all agree with me that um, she had quite some energy, <laughs> a very good energy, I should say. Um, I enjoyed talking to her, and um, she said quite a few things, you know, that um, that touched my heart. Yes, and um, I really hope that um, all of you guys managed to really take something from that episode from my experiences from you know everything that she encouraged i really hope that um you manage to take something and always remember that the purpose of this show is you know for us to help each other grieve for us to understand you know how to treat people who are grieving as a society as family as friends you know so as you listen, the idea is for you to learn, you know, and teach the next person so that we all become a better society for people who are grieving and for people who need us. So with that said, I am going to close today's show and say Good night, guys, and I will be with you in the next fortnight of Here After Him podcast.